0: The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. And that, that video was, uh, interview was done by one of our former staff members. Uh, always appreciate that. By the way, if I've never met you before and you've never heard me preach, you've probably been coming to LifeHouse for a while. And uh, so appreciate you. My name is Patrick, and I am actually the lead pastor of LifeHouse, but uh, I've been away on vacation. And uh, last weekend, I had a privilege of preaching down at LifeHouse Newport News. And so it's great to be back home. And I just wanted to, before I jump into the message, just say thank you. Man, so appreciate you. Thank you for just being faithful, faithful in being part of what God is doing within LifeHouse. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for continuing to show up even if I'm not here. I mean, one of the things we want you to know is that Lifehouse is not dependent on any one person. Uh, our church is about Jesus. I hope you know that. We are about the mission of God and the gospel in our community. And so that means that I can take some time off and get rested and spend time with my family and uh, the church isn't gonna miss a beat because uh, it's not entirely—it's dependent on me. And we actually have an amazing staff. Our online campus continues and flourishes because we have a staff of leaders that manages that. We have a great pastoral team here. In fact, if I could, uh, all of you, would you just give a huge round of applause to our pastors and our leaders? In fact, while we were away on vacation, um, hope, you know, getting a little bit of rest. Now we vacation hard, so we just go nonstop. And then I'm like you, I get home from vacation. I'm like, man, I need a vacation. Uh, but when we were away, we got a chance to go to the zoo and went to the aquarium and got a chance to see some really cool stuff. But I, I don't know if you're like me, I want you to take a moment, and just think of like the, the, what is like the craziest animal you've ever seen in the wild? You know, like Madagascar, like the wild. And um, I, I will tell you, I've, I've had a few experiences that actually ruined the zoo and the aquarium for me. So I'll give you an example. Um, you go to the zoo and you see a bear behind a barrier. On a different vacation, I was, I was uh, in a place where there's bears out in the wild on a regular basis. And I went on a trail run, running up a mountain, cause I'm like that. Cause if it can be done, it should be done. And so I'm running up a mountain and there's a bear on the trail in my way. And uh, I decided that was the end of my run and it was time to go home, but not before I paused and took a picture. I should have actually put it up on the screen. But uh, anyway, I will tell you that from from that point on, anytime I've seen a bear in a zoo, it's ruined. I'm like, I've seen it in the wild, are you kidding me? And uh, maybe you've been in an aquarium, you've seen like dolphins, you've seen a dolphin show. And if you've ever been somewhere, there's dolphins actually right there swimming in the ocean. you're like. It's not the same. And so on this vacation, we both went to an aquarium and went snorkeling and it was cool because like some of the animals we saw at the aquarium, we saw while snorkeling and it's a totally different experience. In fact, we went back to one of our favorite snorkeling spots where the last time we were there, uh, we had these two really funny moments. Uh, we had stopped in route and seen in an aquarium this lionfish. If you don't know what I'm talking about, they look really crazy. They, they look like the mane of a lion. They have like all these, like, I don't know, quills or something sticking out of them. But they're poisonous. And uh, one of my daughters was sitting on like a rock and, and I was in the water looking down and there's this lionfish swimming right underneath her feet. And I'm like, put your head in the water. Look! I didn't tell her what it was. But I, look at the water. And she's like, no, I don't want to. I'm scared. And I'm like, if she saw what was on her feet, she'd even been more scared. But it would have been so cool. And then one of my other daughters were swimming around the, this reef area. And there, a school of uh, tarpons swam by. I think that's how you say it. I don't know. They're like these really bright silver fish, maybe about like this long. And I'm telling you, if you saw it in the aquarium, you wouldn't think anything of it. You saw in a tank, you'd walk right by and be like, oh, that's no big deal. But when you're in the open ocean and there's nothing between you and them, that thing swims by, you're going to react the way my daughter did, which was go ballistic, pull her head. She started choking on the water. Ah! And she's like, it's a shark! It's a shark! Because to her, when you saw that, it wasn't, this, it wasn't that big. It was like... A fish story. And uh, man, there's just something about seeing things that are caged and contained versus seeing it in the open ocean and seeing it in the wild. And if you've ever seen Nemo, Finding Nemo, right? You remember the moment when he gets caught and he gets brought to the dentist office and gets put in the tank with, with the other fish. If, you, if you've never seen it, you're really missing out on a, a major cultural experience. But um, when he gets in the tank, the other fish find out that he's from uh, the open ocean and they go nuts. Like one of my daughters, when she saw the tarpon thinking he was a shark, they went nuts and they began to sterilize him. And I had this thought on vacation. How many of us have caged a life that should be in the wild? How many of us have sterilized a faith and a purpose and a destiny that was meant to be lived in the open ocean. We, we prefer the tank because it's got boundaries. It's controllable. It's predictable. It's explainable. We know that the meal is going to be provided. We know that, that there's not going to be any waves that are going to rock our world and wreck our life. We prefer the sterilized version because it's what we can control. And so we try to put boundaries around our life. And as a result though, we, are we sterilizing our faith? Have we sterilized God's purpose, God's destiny and something extraordinary that could be happening in our life? Are we missing out on the great wild of the life we were always meant to live? And, and I get it, uncontrollable waves have wrecked your life. Circumstances have rocked your world and that's why you've pulled away and you've, you've put yourself in a, in a little containable world that you're in control of. And most of us, when we've tried to do that, what we really did was we trapped ourselves where the world is wrecking us, but we're making no difference on the world around us. We're the ones missing out. I wanna bring you back 2000 years to the life of these early followers of Jesus, who when, we, when I introduce you to them, you're gonna find them hiding. They live in the, in the dentist's tank. They're the ones looking at the lionfish in the tank, contained, safe, with boundaries. And so here's the story. We're going to read from one of their own eyewitness accounts, a guy named John who was a friend and follower of Jesus who later in life writes out his experience in what later becomes known as the gospel according to John, chapter 20, where we catch this moment. Jesus has died. He's buried. It's been a couple days, and they're scared out of their minds. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. They're in a room. They're in four walls, they're hiding, cowering in fear because what happened to Jesus is probably gonna happen to them. And so they're scared out of their minds. They're living a caged, contained life. And what happens next changes everything. In fact, it's the same thing that changes our life. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And I hope that your experience right now as you're hearing this message Is that Jesus is showing up in your life? Jesus, the resurrected God, came into their life, spoke into their fears, spoke into their worries, spoke into their doubts, spoke into their insecurities, and said, Peace be with you. And our hope right now is that what you're experiencing is that God is speaking peace into your troubles, peace into your regrets, peace into your shame and guilt. And this moment changes every moment. It changed everything for them fact. Then it goes on to say this. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his his side, meaning he said, it's really me. I'm not a ghost. I know I just came through a locked door, but it's really me. Jesus risen from the dead. I am alive. I have victory over death. I have victory over fear. I have victory over eternal judgment. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. Now that That's not the end of the story. So Jesus is speaking into them and the same words are being spoken into your life right now. Whatever is causing you to retreat in hiding, whatever circumstances have caused you to withdraw and live a caged, contained, controllable life, Jesus is speaking into those circumstances and those troubles and those worries and those doubts. Peace be with you. But he doesn't stop there. Check this out, right? Kind of like a really awesome moment. Literally, to a bunch of cowards living in fear, Jesus says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. I know you're afraid. I know you're scared out of your mind. I know you think that you're gonna get murdered just like I was murdered, but I am alive. I have victory, now go. You have a mission. Your life has purpose. You have a destiny. You're not meant to live in the cage and in the tank. You're meant to be in the wild, in the open ocean. Get out and live the kind of life I always meant for you to live. This is a radically different way of living. In fact, I want to challenge you. These words that Jesus spoke to these disciples that are living in fear and cowering behind locked doors speaks to them to mobilize them and put them on a mission are the same words that change us he's saying to you peace be with you as the father sent me i'm sending you your life was meant to be lived on mission not cowering in fear in a cage not a tamed faith not sterilizing a god that is uncontainable but to live your life and to, for me to live my life on purpose and on mission. And the only way that's gonna happen is if you and I live courageously. Would you take a moment and make a note of that? I want you to write this down. I am called to live courageously. Maybe you think you can remember that, but can I encourage you to make a note of that? Maybe on your smartphone or a tablet, you're gonna type that in. If you're on social media, put that in. And you can even hashtag it. It won't make any difference, but you can do it. Um, here's the deal, right? It sounds so good, doesn't it, to live the courageous life, to live a bold life, to live outside of the cage, to live outside of the tank in the open ocean, the way we were meant to live, but we don't. No, you and I, we live caged lives where we've trapped ourselves behind the closed doors of fear and doubt, worry and regret and shame. Not because we're not manly or bold or because we want to be courageous, but because there's something deeper inside of us that has chained us and trapped us. That's right, not, not something of our own making, meaning we didn't want to be this way. It's deeper than our emotions. It's deeper than our thinking. It's deeper than our regrets. It's a spiritual place. And in your spiritual life and in my spiritual life, there is something called sin. Sin is a spiritual cage, a, a spiritual chain that has trapped each one of us. Sin is what separates us from relationship with God. And and when we sin and we go in the wrong direction, we are separated from knowing God and knowing his love and we live our lives destined for ruin, caged in fear, caged in selfishness, caged by our own worries and regrets and guilt. And sin drives our lives toward eternal ruin. Ruin. And when Jesus shows up, he speaks to his friends and followers, peace be with you. And the same words can apply to your life today. Jesus didn't come just to live a good life and to die a death he deserved. He died a death we deserved. Jesus took our eternal judgment and he put it on himself so that when he died, he died in our place. Our shame, our guilt placed on Jesus so that when he died, He took on your judgment and my judgment so that anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven of their sins and given new and forever life. Check this out, Jesus is speaking to your life right now and saying, peace be with you. The resurrected Jesus shows up to people in fear, people in worry, people who are carrying the shame and guilt of sin and says, peace be with you. And right now when you believe in Jesus by faith, you're forgiven. And you're freed from the chains that have held you, from the cage that has contained you. And then from that point on, your life is changed. check check this out. Because when you believe in Jesus by faith, you're not only forgiven, you're given new life. How? Because God's Spirit, which is eternal and invisible, comes and fills your spirit, which is eternal and invisible. I want you to imagine it like this. It's not just that I'm really thirsty and have this picture up here. I want to illustrate this. Imagine this is the Holy Spirit. When you believe in Jesus by faith, he comes and he fills your life. And when he fills you, He washes away fear. He washes away sin. He begins to wash us and cleanse us and transform us. He wants to fill your life and displace all of those things that have previously caged you and trapped you and and chained you. And when God's spirit is in you, he begins to change you from the inside out. And right now, when you believe in Jesus by faith, God's spirit enters into your spirit. But trust me when I say Jesus doesn't wanna just, his spirit doesn't wanna just stay in you, he wants to spill out of you. He wants to move you from living behind closed doors to changing the world around you. In fact, this group of guys that met Jesus when he said, peace be with you, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Jesus said to them, now, before you go out and try to change the world, you need power. You need courage, courage that you don't have. That's why you're in hiding. And so he said, I want you to wait because I'm gonna leave, but I'm gonna send another who is like me. Now we believe in in God who is triune, meaning we believe in the Trinity, A word that means that there is one God who has revealed himself in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I actually appreciate this because it sounds mysterious and it doesn't nearly make as much sense as we would like to explain. And and I, I said I appreciate it because I appreciate the fact that God is unexplainable. There's a little bit of a mystery about a God that is not easily definable. If God was easily definable, I might question whether he's really God. But we're trying to understand in our thinking an infinite, indescribable God. So when you try to describe who God is, you're kind of like, well, it's kind of like this, right? So there's this one God who's revealed himself in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Son, Jesus, came to earth and was with us. He said, I am Emmanuel, God with us. So when Jesus walked on the earth, he was with his friends. He was with his followers. But when Jesus left, he said, I'm gonna send you another, the Holy Spirit, who is like me, but who is not gonna be with you, but is gonna be in you. <laughs> it's like a little weird, right? Like, but it's awesome because now Jesus isn't just a friend who's with me, the Holy Spirit lives in me, transforming me, changing me. And so when you, when you learn about and you discover who the Holy Spirit is, you discover that he is in my spirit, washing me of sin, changing me, helping me overcome my fears, freeing me from the chains that have bound me, setting me free from the old way I used to live. I want you to know that when God's spirit is in you, he is at work changing you, freeing you, forgiving you, and leading and guiding your life. But he doesn't want to just be in you. He wants, you to, invite, he wants to invite you to live your life in him. In fact, I want you to shift how you think. So I want it to look a little bit more like this. All right, check this out. When, uh, when those friends and followers of Jesus waited for the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit came on them, it changed them. In fact, they went out and began to tell people about Jesus. These cowards became world changers. They would pray for the sick and the sick would be healed. They would lay hands on dead people and they would come back to life. Now, I don't know, that's crazy stuff. In fact, at one moment when they prayed for a person who was crippled and the man was miraculously healed, it gave them an opportunity to preach to everyone that was watching a crowd gathered and they were able to tell them about Jesus. As a result of telling people about Jesus, they got arrested and dragged into court. And as they were being questioned, uh, there's this moment when the whole courtroom looks at them and it's recorded in what's called the book of Acts or another title for that book is, the Acts of the Apostles, the leaders of the early church, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We've just abbreviated to the book of Acts because that's a long title for a book. In the Bible, in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, they're in the courtroom, and this is how people respond when they look at them. When they saw the courage, live courageously, live like these guys. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled ordinary men. Yes, I like this, because I totally relate to that. Maybe you're like me and you're like, man, I, I want people to see my courage, but I feel like an ordinary guy. Unschooled, ordinary, average, insecure, inadequate. I don't have enough, I'm not enough. I live in the cage, but man, I've been set free. God has given me a courage to live in the wild, to live in the open ocean. And there's something different about my life. So when people see me, they see I'm just an ordinary guy, but there's a courage in me that's beyond me they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And you and I, when we've been with Jesus, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enters into us and then we're invited to enter into the life of the Holy Spirit where now we discover Holy Spirit courage. Could you, take, could you just make a note of that? Say, I want to write this down. Say, I, I need to discover Holy Spirit courage, meaning when God's in me, then I'm invited to live a life of courage in the Holy Spirit. When uh, these guys were arrested, it says this in Acts chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. I just want to read this to you. They had Peter and John brought before them, and they began to question them. By what power or what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, imagine he's in a courtroom because they've arrested him and they're going to persecute him. They're threatening him. And he says this, filled with the Holy Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit enveloping him, not just the Holy Spirit in him, but him in the Holy Spirit. He says, I want you to know that the name of Jesus is the only name by, given to men by which anyone can be saved. He points to Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And and there's this powerful moment where our lives are radically changed when the Holy Spirit doesn't just enter us, but we get into the life of the Spirit. Now check us out, I get it. Some of you, you, you've heard about this Holy Ghost. You've heard about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been involved in churches or you've heard about those kind of churches that do weird things in the name of the Holy Spirit. And it's gonna make you do weird things and act a weird way. We're not talking about something flaky. We're talking about transition from living as cowards in hiding to be peeing. To... <laughs> I don't know where I came from. That was just. Bleh. I haven't preached in a while. Um, to being people who change the world. Listen to this. These guys, from this moment, they go back out and they, they preach Jesus. And the church begins to grow and spread by the thousands from this moment within 60 years. When John, who wrote this book, dies in the early 90s, right? So I mean, meaning around 92, 93 AD, within 60 years of Jesus' death and resurrection, the message of Jesus had spread nearly across the known world. The church spreading and starting by thousands all over the world. The the church changing the world. Jesus followers being murdered for their faith, martyred for their faith, but they're being bold witnesses of Jesus. The church, which begins to transform the world it lives in. 2,000 years later, the church is still spreading and sharing the good news of God's love, still having a profound impact on the world we live in. How? Because you had individuals who not only met Jesus, the resurrected God, but were filled with the Holy Spirit and then put their lives into the courage of the Holy Spirit so they began to live by the power of the Holy Spirit so they weren't cowards in hiding, but they lived uncaged lives, uncontained. Meaning we're not trying to sterilize the Holy Spirit. We're saying, God, I need you and I want to live a bold life. Here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that you're just a little bit like me and you don't wanna just read about these guys that changed their world. Because what what we read about them, they lived. What I'm teaching you was their lifestyle. And and I wanna live a little bit of what they lived and I wanna experience a little bit of what they experienced and I want my world to be changed just like they changed their world, which means I need what they had. And what they did was they discovered courage that comes from the Holy Spirit. The only where that happens is if I say, I not only want the Holy Spirit in me, but I'm willing to get my life into the Holy Spirit. So this is about yielding. You understand what I'm saying? This isn't about some freaky, weird experience. This is about me saying, Holy Spirit, I'm not gonna contain you. I'm not gonna sterilize you. I'm not gonna tell you what you can or can't do in my life. I'm gonna say, God, I am yielded to you and your spirit and your power and your courage in my life. You have control of my life. Why? Because we are called to move from a caged life to a courageous life, from living as cowards in fear to being individuals who change the world. In fact, if you continue to read, uh, it, it, they, they have this moment where they go, they, they, are, they were arrested, they were, uh, confronted, and then they're threatened and told, don't tell anyone about Jesus. They go home and they pray, and this is their prayer. Give your servants fearless confidence. They're told, don't tell them about Jesus, and this is their first prayer. God, we need courage that comes from your Holy Spirit. Confidence in preaching your message as you stretch out your hand to us in healings and miracles and wonders done in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And then check this out, this is what happens. Then the place where they're meeting is shaken. Let's see if we can get that up there. And while they were praying, the place where they were meeting trembled and shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they continued to speak God's word with fearless confidence. Their prayer is this, God, we've been a little shaken. Now would you, would you fill us again? Would you refresh us again? Would you give us fresh courage so that we can go right back out and live courageously? And so why? Why do you and I need to live an uncaged life courageously? We live courageously by showing and sharing the love of God. That's it. This is the why. When Jesus was speaking, he said, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. The mission of Jesus was to share and show the love of God. God demonstrated his love for us in this way, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died to rescue us from sin, to free us from the cage trap life of spiritual destruction, to set us free and then release us to the courageous life of living for him. And when you live for God, you live to share and show his love with people that are far from him. Before Jesus left, his friends were around him and he was saying, I want you to wait to receive power from the Holy Spirit. And this is what he said in Acts verse 1, chapter 1, verse 8. He said this, but you will receive power, courage, strength, supernatural ability when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. What Jesus was saying was this, that look, you and I, we can live uncaged lives courageously, where we receive power from God, an unexplainable, unpredictable power from God. We can become a supernatural force in a very natural world. Why? Not so that you can feel good, not so you can get crazy goosebumps, but so that you and I can be a witness of Jesus. That's right. Your responsibility is to show and share the love of God. How do you show it? When God's spirit's in you, he changes you so that you become more compassionate. When people see your compassion, they go, That is otherworldly. When they see your generosity, they say, That's not natural. Your generosity comes from the love of God. You're, you're showing God's love through your generosity. When you serve others selflessly, that selflessness is otherworldly. You're showing the love of God. But then there is a responsibility to open your mouth. In fact, let's go back to that story again, real quick. Acts chapter 4. And when they're told, at, when, when uh, after they're, you know, they, they talk to the courtroom, this is what happens. Then they called them in again, and they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Don't tell anyone about Jesus. Maybe in your experience, that's how you feel. You feel like you live in a culture that's saying, "Don't talk about Jesus. Don't tell your coworkers about Jesus. Don't talk to your neighbors about Jesus. Don't live boldly about Jesus." And that's what they tell them. But Peter and John replied. Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Before Jesus left, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. What does a witness do? A witness tells people what they have seen and heard. Some of you, you're called to be a witness but you're in hiding. You think you're in the witness protection program. You go to work and you're, you're in a witness protection program. You're, you're not letting anybody know who you are and the, the courage that's in your life. You don't want them to know about the Jesus that you know and has changed your life. And it's time for you to come out of hiding and get uncaged a little bit, get out into the open ocean of the wildlife that God has called you to live and begin to become a bold witness of Jesus. In fact, there are people that God has put in your life. God put them as your next door neighbor. God put them in the cubicle next to you. God put them on the factory line next to you. God has put um, other women in your life. God has put other men in your life. God has put friends in your life. God has put classmates in your life, coworkers, colleagues in your life, because you are called to be a witness of Jesus, to simply speak about what you've seen and heard. And this isn't your own ability gives you the courage, the power to open your mouth. And you're going to be shocked. When you get out in that uncaged way of living and you begin to talk to people about Jesus, you're going to be shocked that there is this otherworldly power that comes on you and enables you to speak in a way that you would have never otherwise spoken on your own. God's spirit in your spirit, giving you the courage be a witness of Jesus. Look, I want you to take hold of this right now. There are people that God has put in your life and will put in your life this week that he's going to ask you to be a witness of him. And you're going to be scared out of your mind because you've been used to living in the cage and and you're going to remember this message that you're called to you're released from the cage and you're now in the open ocean and it's time for you to open your mouth and become a witness of Jesus. With the courage that comes from the Holy Spirit, you're going to speak up and you're going to speak out and you're going to share the love of God. And this isn't complicated. All you have to tell people is what you've experienced. If you've been set free from addiction, let them know. If your marriage has been transformed, tell them. If you used to carry guilt and shame, let them know how you've been forgiven. If your life had no purpose and now you're living full of purpose, tell people about it. That's what it means to be a witness of Jesus. And then man alive, invite, there you go. Invite them to experience what you've experienced. Just say, hey, I want you to know Jesus that I know. Maybe you invite them out to gather as the church so they have a community of faith that has encouraged you and they need that same encouragement. Would you take a moment right now? Would you close your eyes? Some of you, the first step you need to take is to be set free from the trap of sin, to be uncaged from fear and regret and guilt and shame. And your first step is not to go out but to be filled with. By believing in Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now, you believe that Jesus is gonna forgive you of sin and give you new life. And if that's where you're at, can I encourage you? Would you just raise your hand high? Say, yeah, Patrick, that's me, I want that. I wanna be forgiven. I wanna begin a new life. I don't wanna live trapped in the cage of sin anymore. I wanna be set free by believing in Jesus. And if that's you, again, just, would you raise your hand high? I wanna pray over you in just a moment. Now, there are others of you. You believe in Jesus, but man, you were you scared of the Holy Spirit. You've been trying to contain God in your life. And today for the first time, you're like, no, this makes sense. I don't need to live scared of God. I need to live free in the open ocean of a life of courage and boldness that can only come by His Spirit. And today you're going to begin to open your life to the work of the Spirit where, he, where you're not only filled with Him and He's in you, but you're willing to live in Him. And so I want to take a moment to pray over each of you right now. Jesus thank you for loving us so much. You you know the hands that went up and you know the people that are saying yes to you right now. God, would you meet them in a powerful way? Would you forgive them of sin and give them new life as your spirit enters into their spirit? Would they experience the change that comes from knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Now, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We not only ask that you come in us, but we wanna live in you. We wanna live empowered by you. We wanna live in the courage that comes from knowing you so that our lives can share and show your love. We don't wanna try to be bold on our own because we've messed that up before. We, We know that we can't be courageous on our own. We need courage that comes from your spirit. So we welcome you right now into our lives Help us to be a witness of Jesus. Bring us to people this week that we can open our mouths and we can share the love of God with. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church, located in Hagerstown, Maryland. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.